Hey, brother. Hi, brother. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 11 of Match Wits. That is Eeyore slash Chris, <laughs> and I am Pooh slash Steve. Yeah. Uh, Match Wits is a nostalgia... What? I was going to say, yep, we should have talked about this <laughs> off air. We, we can't do this podcast after Browns games, man. We can't. It's not, unless they, not unless they start winning. Yeah, well, exactly. So why don't we start doing this before Browns games? Anyways, go ahead. I tried. I tried. I tried to do it this morning, but it's it's all good. Uh, if you're new to Matchwits, Matchwits is a nostalgia-infused pop culture podcast. Um, the nostalgia, uh, Chris is the pop culture, and we talk about a host of different things in any one given podcast. We'll start on one topic, finish on another. Uh, as part of these podcasts, we do what we call the Dimwit Challenge. Uh, occasionally, uh, not as regularly as it used to be, but occasionally on these podcasts, we'll disagree on a topic. We'll do a dollar bet. Uh, after last week, I believe I won a dollar last week, so I'm back. Yeah. It's it's back to five dollars. It's five dollars in Chris's favor. So yep. Chris has been right five more times than than I've been. And last week it was about the ranking of the Cleveland Browns offensive line, <laughs> which uh, you know they played better today, except you the- know. When you need him, Joel Batonio, your your all pro left uh, left guard, gets a holding penalty, and then Orr ends up on his head and knocks the ball out of Nick Chubb's hands. <laughs> and the Patriots on his head, Steve. He ended up on it. Like I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, Nick Nick Chubb fumbled. That's weird." And then I saw the replay, and I'm like, "Whose foot is that? Who kicked it out? Was it a Patriots <laughs> player?" I'm like, "No, that's Brown's color scheme." And then I looked, and I'm like, "Oh, it's our all pro." Right. right guard Joel Batonio, like our only highly ranked offensive lineman, somehow ended up on his head and kicked the ball out of Nick Chubb's hand. Right, he cleated him, cleated, and then they returned it for a touchdown. Nick Chubb, who until last week hadn't fumbled at all since 2016. Yep, and then he fumbled on a screen where he didn't have a chance to tuck it away, and then today he fumbles on two consecutive plays. One after running like what 44 yards. 44. And he, and he thought he was in the clear, and he got he got caught and stripped. Well, that's Steve. That's what I don't understand. He wasn't like he knew he wasn't in the clear. Like Odell was right there trying to stop whoever that was, and he was looking up at the scoreboard watching the live footage, so he knew someone was right behind him. I don't. That's why when I saw nice, they're fucking cats. Um, <laughs> they just knocked over one of my my cork boards that I have in my basement. But anyways, oh, nice. uh, um, you, he's looking up at the scoreboard. And he sees the guy coming on him, but the guy just absolutely tomahawks it out of his hands. And, yeah. and it was tell. wet, and he had just taken his gloves off. Whatever. I'm not making – Nick Chubb is awesome. Yes, he is. And it just – that's the way the Browns season has gone. And, he, like, take a guy who has been super reliable, breaks a big run, changing the game after they just give up a, a touchdown on defense, and then give it right back to him. Yeah. I'm that, not completely that, disappointed with the way they played. No, they, they, played they played the Patriots as best. Their offense played the Patriots' defense as good as anybody. Sure, um, I but am that's, not. That's deflated. the frustrating part to me is cause it should have been more competitive. You remove like it's always the what if. If you remove those three consecutive turnovers on three consecutive plays, Steve, I had never seen that. I never seen that happen before. I'd never seen like every every time we lined up for three consecutive drives, the first play from scrimmage was a turnover, and that Baker shovel shovel the shovel pass, pass intercepted. 
I, that, dude, I went up, I, I got up and I took my brown shirt off and I threw it into the <laughs> dining room and Aaron just goes, so, so what happened? Like she was just prepping dinner and I was sitting watching the game with Brody and Brody was like, dad, what happened? I was like, Browns are doing Browns things. So that's what he just kept repeating it. And mommy would like, Aaron would go, what's wrong? And Brody would just go, Browns are doing Browns things, which mm. kind of made me laugh, but was also sad at the same time. And I believe if the game started in the second quarter, Cleveland won 13-10. Yep. So I came, yeah. dude, I came, after the game was over, I went and showered and I came down and I told Brody, I said, look, buddy, I was like, you don't have to root for the Browns anymore if you don't want to. And he goes, why? I was like, because it's, I feel it's mean to raise you as a Browns fan, <laughs> knowing that this is the way you're going to feel for the rest of your life going forward. So he just got Aaron. Just yeah, kind of my kids don't even them. watch football. They don't even like. Yeah. They just like how are the Browns doing. They're losing. Oh great! I'm gonna go yeah. jump on the trampoline. Yeah, I'm gonna go do other stuff besides All right. get mad. So Anyways. let's before we dwell on the like. I'm just no dwelling. I, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace where the Browns are. I'm at peace where they where they are as a team as a franchise. I just hope they don't do anything more like anything stupid. Like they'll get they'll no, work they, the kink, they'll work the kinks out. Freddie's not doing horrible. The team, like Baker, played better. Everybody played better. They just they keep shooting themselves in the foot. You want to know my prediction of the way the rest of the season is going to happen, Steve? They're going to go on a tear. Like everybody's just looking at the Browns as losing consistently. We had the second toughest schedule in the league. Like we played all really, really good teams yeah, yeah. out of the gate, and then we got a bunch of schlubs coming up. And so all of a sudden, we're gonna that offense is gonna start clicking, and it's gonna suck me back in, and it's gonna be the end of yeah. last season when I'm praying that the friggin' Ravens beat somebody or the Steelers beat somebody and right. then they don't and then I feel twice as dirty for A getting excited again and getting sucked into the BS <laughs> that is the Cleveland Brown and then I'm going to be feel so dirty for rooting for a, a rival just to just so we can make the playoffs. They're they're going to yeah, do it. I mean Watch. they 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 marched last week they marched up and down the field on the Seahawks and then mm-hmm. a couple bonehead things and they lose. Yep. They marched up and down on the best defense in the league and the Patriots, and they I, they played great. I mean, the offense played really good except for penalties and turnovers. I don't understand why they didn't run the ball 45 times. Yeah, because like, they were I, down, and they're, you know, and they were stuffing, like they were doing the zero, whatever they call it, zero, uh, zero cover zero, yeah. where they're just putting everybody in the box. So they, like, they have to throw it. They have to do like their RPOs and all that. Anyways, I'm not like, the the way they played the last couple of weeks, I mean, they have not. Other than like, there was a couple times earlier in the season where they just like they were completely dysfunctional. Now they're getting better, but you just don't see it in the win column. So, no. yeah. all right. So this episode is <laughs> about the horror, Steve. Fourth. How, this is how did, how did you miss the segue into this? This episode is all about horror. This the is horror. all about horror and defeat and yes. carnage. Yes. This is this is this is episode four of Assignment October. So if we go back to the beginning of the month, uh, Chris gave movies for me to watch that I hadn't seen or he knew I hadn't seen that we thought I would like that are in the horror movie genre. And then we're going to bring that all together today with our with our Halloween episode. So uh, episode eight was Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Uh, Episode nine, The Witch. And that really Tucker and Dale, Steve. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Not Dale and Tucker, not not Tucker versus Dale. What about versus Tango? Evil. Is it it's not Tango it's not and Cash? Ca- cash and Tango. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The Witch <laughs> and the Super Freaky Goat. Yeah. Uh Cabin right, in so the Woods. 
Oh, yeah, Black Phillip. And then Cabin in the Woods was last week. And then th- this week the assignment was, and this was more of a almost a self-assignment. Right? We talked about this at the end of uh, episode 10. Sure. I went back and watched the, the Haunting. So we'll talk about that in a second. But before we do that, again, what I like to do in these podcasts is at least reminisce a little bit or talk about like what Halloween's were like growing up and and Halloween in the household that I live in now, right? With with Janine and the kids is much di- a little bit different than it was back growing up. But Halloween to us is as big as Christmas, sure. Or at least it was when the kids were a little younger. Kids are a little disinterested in Halloween this year, but Janine and I are all in on like, hey, we want to go to the pumpkin patch. We want to go and like a haunted, go to the haunted house. We want to decorate. We want to go trick or treating with the whole nine yards. Um, so it's, it's a big deal. And, you know, we have already touched in this podcast, touched on my mask collection, right? Mm-hmm. I, and you, you saw that I posted, I found that red devil. What did we call that one? Do you remember? I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I remember we had Harry and, George, Harry and George and the red one was like, I don't know, the like grimace. Char- I don't know. Char- Charlie or something. No, that would be freaky. But yeah, I'd have to go back and look. And I have a picture of me with with George, the one that looks like Gene Simmons. Yeah, that's the one that scared me, dude. The, like the one with the bleeding eyeballs didn't didn't scare no, me. No, I but. still have that one. I still have the one with the bleeding eyeballs. So the, the Gene we, Simmons one did. Yeah, yeah. So I have a picture of me with that. So why would it take me forever to find enough to scan it in? Sure. Um, so we touched on that. But one um, one thing growing up, and I think we touched on this a little bit too, was. I was a big fan, and I still am a big fan of a scaring people, yeah, and b the jump scare, yep. like just jumping out and scaring people. Um, to now that Janine and the kids are kind of used to it, but I will still like. There was a period in time where I could just yell, and Charlie would fall to the ground. <laughs> That's what Brody does. I do it. To, I do it to him all the time. Like if he comes out of the bath, like you, Aaron usually gives him a bath, mm-hmm. and if if not, if I hear them getting out, I'll go hide somewhere upstairs, and he'll come out, and he'll start turning lights on, and he'll start calling for me because if I'm sitting downstairs, I'll just call up to him. But if he if I don't respond, he knows I'm hiding, and he just turns there and he goes, "He's hiding somewhere," and he starts sneaking around. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to come up with real elaborate. Now it's like I'm hiding up on furniture behind behind doors and stuff. And every time I do it, I yell and he just drops to the ground and starts <laughs> laughing. Like doesn't <laughs> scream, like just drops and he jumps up. He goes, you got me good. And I'll say, like, all right, let's go. And then we run downstairs. Like I love that. It's just the whole atmosphere of Halloween. I don't know what it is about it. I like yep. when you go to Target and it has all the... All the displays up and people are, you know, standing on the little pads so the thing jumps out and scares them. And exactly. my, whole, my whole Twitter feed is filled with like, you know, little kids walking up to those displays and then like falling over backwards. And it's just the whole atmosphere of it. I, I love Halloween. So I love it. And I remember like growing up, I want to say there was a night where, you know, you and I shared a bedroom and then yep. Jen had her own room. And I swear I was in Jen's closet. It had at least it felt like 30 <laughs> 45 minutes like waiting for her to brush waiting for her to brush her teeth and I was like I got her and I was in there and it to the point now I was like I gotta give up and I was like nope you can't give up you gotta stick this out and I I scared the crap out of her and it's worth it dude I always this Dan that that time lapse of him standing behind the door at like I think it's the first Commonwealth press oh my god yes it's a time lapse of him standing there literally for like four hours and he finally jumps (laughs) out and scares somebody and scares Corey and his coffee goes up his nose and yeah. it just says worth it underneath it. I always <laughs> think about that. Yeah, you have to commit to those scares to get them 
where they're truly disarmed. And those are the yeah. greatest moments. You get that endorphin rush, even if you're the scarer or the scary. You get it for a second, like then you get mad and then you laugh about it. And then, because everybody makes a stupid face and makes their true scream. If something terrible would happen yeah. to them, that's the scream that they would have. And most people's screams are not flattering <laughs> right so i remember so when we were growing up and i was spending most of my time on east 33rd street over there by davison yep. you know where joint mcnerney and everybody lived and i remember we, and, and we had this at our house on wayne street but I, when i got older i was like i didn't i wasn't i didn't hang around the house too much but we would i remember the one year we were up at mcnerney's and we had those storm doors that you could take like it had you know, you could put screens in or you could put the storm windows in, but there were two panels, right? There was a, yeah. a top and then a bottom. And the bottom was like a solid piece. It was the piece we used to hit with the step ball. Yeah. Like it was like aluminum, aluminum and it would echo, <laughs> yeah. right? So it was like a kick panel. And then you had the top. So I remember the one year at McDonald's, we took the top out. So you didn't have to open the door every time to hand out candy. You would just you could hand it right through the door because the screen yeah. was out. And I remember just being there and and – Artie and whoever, we were scaring the crap out of these kids because they would walk up to the door, not realize that the <laughs> that the screen was out, yeah. and all of a sudden you would have somebody in a mask that's like jumping at them, <laughs> and it was it was probably the most fun at Halloween that I uh, sure. that I had because at some point you outgrow trick or treating like you don't want to be that creepy teenager guy that's just going around for the sugar. Um, so. Yeah, but what is it? It's okay that I do it now with Brody. Like if I get in costume, oh yeah, wear, of course, I usually wear a costume oh, and go and walk around with him, so it's not like weird. Yeah, and I think now it's a little different. Like if kids are out and they're really into like the cosplay aspect of it, and you know, yeah. like you know they're on an egg in someone's house or whatever, it's like yeah. all right, I can. Like if Maya wanted to do it, she's not gonna. She's not gonna trick and treat this year. She's gonna come over, like, have her friends over. They're gonna watch horror movies. But Charlie is, and he's thirteen. But I have um, some recommendations for her. If they're looking for good horror movies that I think they would like, I told you, Steve, when you gave me that list. Yeah, last yeah, episode, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get into that in a second because we, her and I, have been talking about what they're going to watch. So let's okay. let's put a pin in that because, <laughs> in addition to the jump scare through the door, uh, there was a um, growing up. So other than propping up that mask, that George mask, the hairy mask next to your bed and scaring the yep. crap out of you, like, yep. and that would be any time of year, Christmas time. Yep. Easter, like the ma- the the longer the further it was away from Halloween, that I would pull the mask out, the scarier it would be. Sure, and you didn't do it a whole lot. You did it a few times because you waited, and I would wake up and I would <laughs> open like one eye to see if it was there, and I'd go back to sleep. And yeah, yeah you tormented. So me. I remember, and 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 you know, arguably doing that to you was a little bit mean. No, um, what I fine. did to Jay Abate. So right, Jay lived up the corner. On yeah. Wayne Street, I was really good friends with him growing up. He was a couple years older, and that, this was actually, I think, during the summer. Like we were off for school, uh, he had a kind of a big family and they had that big house. So I would go, I would show up in the morning, and if he was asleep, his mom would be like, "Ah, oh, you can just go upstairs and wake him up." And it was like a week prior, we had watched Poltergeist, <laughs> like in his house and his in his big house, and and I remember just like being like. Scared. The the clown, the the uh, what's his name? Um, Craig T. Nelson ripped his face off. Like there was a lot of stuff. I might have been twelve or thirteen, so he would have been like fourteen or fifteen. Well, anyways, I go to wake him up on this summer morning, and he has his clown in his room <laughs> that looks exactly like the clown from Poltergeist. Yeah. So I <laughs> proceed to like. <laughs> <laughs> 
jam it in his face <laughs> to wake him up. So that the first thing he sees when he wakes up is this clown, and he nearly pissed himself. Which then I nearly pissed myself because I scared. Like the sounds that came out of his. Out of, out of his mouth were hilarious because I scared him. And I feel bad because that was that was arguably a really mean thing to do, but, man, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said you tormented me. Like, no, absolutely not. Like, part of that has what's developed my taste for horror and stuff like that. You know what I mean, Steve? Like, mm-hmm. being scared and enjoying being scared once I got over the initial shock value of it made me appreciate what horror can do as a as a visual medium you know what i mean right, like, and the horror right. community is one of the most supportive in the entire film twitter that you can get into like horror is super like supportive like the i don't know if you you follow fangora if you remember that old magazine that kind of oh yeah 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 they restarted it and there's a, a couple guys that i've kind of had contact with in like the philly area and one of them was they're doing like a uh pizza man i think it's called it's like a slasher movie where it's the pizza guy is the horror and so like they were having problems meeting their crowdfunding goal and they just reach out to them and all they respond like fangor all they were it's just said got you bruh and then next thing you know they posted it on their main feed and then they hit their goal within like an hour oh that's awesome you know what I mean? And it's just things like that over and over and over again like i've been to the, the the cherry hill comic-con or the horror convention that they have over in cherry hill a a few times and every time i've gone it's the weirdest thing because you see if you do it just on like a visual like they all look like moody goth people that love horror but they're all so friendly and all they want to do is share their love for this weird cinema that they like and i just it, it even more so than when you go to like really highbrow art house film festivals where people are kind of 40 20 like horror doesn't have that and horror is the horror community is one of those ones that i that's why i want my first feature to be a horror feature just because i know they'd be supportive mm, that's a good call and yeah. you're right it's a very even when you were doing the uh the the, the charlie yeah trailer for that um what was it called um midnight midnight show, show? yeah yeah, yeah. That whole thing seemed to have like a good there's a good group of people around it trying to get it's, that off the ground. And it was fun. Like that was people playing with fake blood and guns at a state park is fun. Like everybody was like, <laughs> why are you doing it? And I'm like, it's grown up make believe when you were a kid and you used to play guns with sticks. Now I have a real period authentic M16 from Vietnam. And I got a guy dressed as a zombie running through a, a, a pouring down or a downpour in the middle of a state park while people are filming it. And I was just, there was a few times I would just look around and I was standing in like ankle deep rainwater, just cold as hell. And people are still standing there smiling. Like a few people got upset, sure. But whatever. <laughs> the, other, right. the other people just were so happy to be out and having fun and like making making a horror movie in in the elements that it was just it was a great experience i learned a shit ton from that thing. <laughs> right I, I haven't directed anything since then but but it was i i wouldn't change it right i wouldn't change anything of it and yeah i, lo- I love horror movies so that so that's why when you said give me a list of stuff i went a little overboard <laughs> <laughs> well and, and the other thing from growing up and i don't know again with our seven-year age difference i don't know if this uh had the same effect on you but the like the jc's haunted house up uh-huh. by mcdowell or whatever where we would wait under a tent in freezing cold <laughs> rain 
standing on a bed of straw in these, you know, in a rope maze to get into this house that was all put on by a haunted house that was all put on by volunteers. Yeah, like I love that. Like I so much look forward to it. And then the older we got, we would go there as you know teenagers and stuff, and it was it was just a lot of fun. Like you'd go, they would shepherd you through this haunted house that they would they would spend the whole off season on putting together. Sure. Well, Steve, oh. you have to realize that I have one of the I have Eastern State Penn, which is notoriously one of the most haunted places in the entire country. They do a full on; they bring all the theatrical production, like all the theatrical oh, makeup, really? makeup studios, and they do they do that full contact. You can sign the waiver where they can like take you and push you down other hallways to separate you from other people to be like extra scary. I haven't done that. I haven't been mm. to terror. It's called terror behind the walls. But there's like. I think when they did the Travel Channel did like their top 20 haunts in the country, mm-hmm. Philadelphia has like six of them, I think. Cause oh, wow. Just, there's, there's a couple ones like on the out, uh, like the outlying farmlands where it's like the big corn mazes. And they yeah, have, like, so oh. Field of Screams, which yep. is like, I think it's like Gettysburg, mm-hmm. York. I remember taking Vince there and I was blown away by how good that was. Yep. Like on a haunted hayride where they had like a PA system, they're playing the creepy music and they're taking you through on this tractor and it was all like it was really well done. And then they had at least three different haunted houses that you could go through. It was it was pretty amazing. Like when you walked into this one room and it was it was black and white checkered where there was a a a midget (laughs) dressed in black and white checkered. And a guy on stilts in black and white checkered, and the way they had painted the room, and they had a strobe light on. Like you walked in, and you're like, it was you were tripping. Like <laughs> you were like, what's going? It was, it was crazy. It was so well done. I just remember that particular one because I was like, a lot of thought went into that, and it sure. was it was it was crazy. Um, I remember taking Vince and his buddies there when they were like 13 or 14, and I was like, this is this is far more well done than we had way back in the day in Erie. Sure. I don't remember um, the one out by McDowell. I remember the one out in Northeast. Like maybe that out. was it. I thought it was but JC's. I, don't I remember, remember going to the JC's, but yeah, you're right. I think the, the JC's I've always associated with being like, like out, almost by, near Asbury Woods or something. I always thought it was it was out by like Harbor Creek, like way out by like. No, where, there was another where, one. I can't remember where that one was. I used to go to that one because Jen, my friend Jen DeRose, used to live out there. So we used to always go and have hot chocolate and a bonfire at her house and then go over to that one. That's yeah. the one I always remember. And I don't care how tough people are or how big and badass you try to portray yourself. When you go and someone truly gets you on a jump scare, you act like a kid. And it's, just, it's <laughs> right, hysterical. Right, right. I love the ones. I don't remember. They, like Ellen does it, I think, where they send her producer through. But there's another one where they take photos at like their best jump scare that gets like the highest percentage of people. And they, they, you can buy your, your photo of what your face looks like because it'll do like a quick flash when someone like jumps out at you. Those are absolutely hysterical. Oh, that so that Field of Screams had one of those. It was like an arcade game. It looked <laughs> like an arcade game. You would you put a dollar in and then you controlled the horn with the strobe light <laughs> and then you'd see these people coming through and then you got to hit the button and scare them and then you got the picture. <laughs> uh, that's very funny. I was like, that was well, that was well played. Yeah. Um, but I, that's what I mean. Like, just so the whole the whole atmosphere of Halloween, I absolutely adore. Like, it's just once you start getting into Christmas and stuff, Christmas is very religious. 
and, and Christian based. Like it's hard to explain Christmas to people that aren't at least Christian. And I don't understand how people, but Halloween's not man. Halloween's for everybody. It doesn't matter what religion you are. Right. Scared is scared. Like certain things scare, <laughs> right, right. scare, certain things scare other people. Like that's, there's some, there's some movies on my list that I did that I, I try to steer, steer clear from the Judeo Christian horrorness of it because then it feels hokey to me. Like there's one on here that I absolutely love the first hour, but then in the second 45 minutes it turns real christian and it it starts Mm. delving into all the stuff that we were you know what i mean like we went to catholic school for 12 years steve like all of that stuff seems like fables to me when it but when it comes to other religions i don't know jack squat about that stuff scares me more than right the the traditional right oh it it is funny i was so i mentioned like at work this week we somehow we were talking about we were talking about horror movies, and somebody was like, oh, have you seen The Witch? <laughs> and I was like, funny, I just watched that. Um, so anyway, so uh, so speaking of like you know, the kind of the evolution of the scare and everything, so the the last, and again, I would say this is a, almost a self-assignment or something we kind of mutually agreed. So for this week's fourth installment of Assignment October, I watched the original Haunting mm-hmm. from 1963. You said you wanted a black and white, uh, yeah, a, bl- a black and white no. haunted house movie. Loved it, loved <laughs> it, oh, but for a couple of reasons. A, so I, I uh, you know, I think we've talked about this on the on the show on the podcast. Um, you know, I've got we've got this area that's kind of a uh, I don't want to say it's a guest house, it's a guest room with a bathroom, but it's disconnected from the rest of the house. We call it the casita. So it's where my <laughs> office is. That's where I'm podcasting from right now. So. Yesterday afternoon, after going and working, doing Boy Scout stuff and volunteering, putting in a fence and whatever, uh, and being up a little bit late the night before, I was like, oh, I got to watch this for the podcast. So I put it on afternoon, yesterday afternoon, put on a classic black and white movie, laid down on the couch. Yep. And uh-huh. oh my That's God, it was right. like, but it took me right back to like watching stuff in our childhood, like in the middle of the afternoon. Like I was completely relaxed, I was completely into it. I might have fallen asleep three or four times. <laughs> I mean, you, I got I got the main plot points. Um, I saw the end. I saw see, the beginning. Do, do we really need to have a discussion about the purity of film watching, Steve? Like, come on! Like, you're watching a black and white horror movie in the middle of the afternoon while napping. Like, you're not really giving it. <laughs> you're not really giving it its proper due. Like, that's why I tend not to watch. I usually wait till everyone goes to bed so I can pay attention. Like I've been on a streak of probably like four or five like really really good movies, which I'm proud of. I pat myself on the back for that. But you have to give the movies its due because a lot of it has to do with how much you're paying attention to the story. Like certain time here comes my sump pump. Um, I, I, I understand. I get it. And <laughs> and the things I wanted to highlight about the original haunting, I, but I, I I'm with you, right? But I, yeah. a I'm not watching that outside. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, in, 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 a horror movie, and it was just whatever. Um, I'm, I've been watching Goliath, the, the season three of Goliath. So. Um, anyways, I watched it yesterday afternoon, and a couple of things stood out. A, I loved it. I love. I mean, when I said I wanted a classic black and white, that that <laughs> was that was that was right in the wheelhouse. What I was looking for, um, the way they set it up, the way it closed, everything in between is exactly what I wanted. Uh, 
couple of things about that particular movie if you haven't seen it and 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 you just forget about it right so that movie was 1963 so our dad would have been what a sophomore in high school yep <laughs> give or take right and you're probably what when did when did color movies come out 40s oh, 50s way yeah, way before that okay so they they intentionally intentionally shot it in black and white um but it had this throwback feel to it for a couple of reasons like you could have watched that entire movie with your eyes closed and followed what was going on i don't know when the last time you watched the haunting from 1963 there's a narrator okay there is a sound bed and score that goes throughout the almost the entire movie that tells you what's going on and then the main character i can't remember her name um the one, the one that's like the, that. She's kind of the main, the main. Eleanor. Main Eleanor, yeah, yeah. She like they. She does voiceover of her thoughts. Yeah. So instead of acting, she they're they're talking. So they're using a narrator throughout the whole thing to tell you exactly what's happening and why it's happening. So it it feels like a radio performance, like a classic radio performance with moving pictures. Um, it's almost like it was designed that way. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that—that's even more <laughs> of a throwback. By the '60s, they've—I mean, the early on, sure. like if you you watch any early animation, any early early movies that particularly would have sound, is like you're like there were literally radio shows with moving pictures. So to have something come out that far later, that kind of was a throwback to that. I I, I really liked it, um, and the fact the way that they dealt with the 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 haunting, right? The the unsettling bangs. Mm-hmm. And and noises and the way it was so disruptive and it created so much tension, it was it was really well done. Like I, again, I really enjoyed the the whole thing. I mean, again, I might, I might have nodded off a couple of times. It's <laughs> the afternoon. Again, yeah, the purity of movie watching, but it 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 does exactly what it sets out to do, and it's a masterpiece of the horror genre. So, like, as soon as that was, the, remember, I blurred. I didn't even do any research. You said I want a black and white. Haunted house movie. I said the haunting. <laughs> like I didn't. I didn't hesitate. You're like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, it's the haunting. I think it's in the '60s. Right. It's a, it's an absolute masterpiece. So and is the haunting of Hill House a continuation of? Because no. that was Hill House, and the, the and the one guy from the original the haunt- movie is in the haunting of Hill House. Yes. So the the haunting is based on the book, the haunting of Hill House. There's a Got book, it. The Haunting of Hell. But the new so series that you told me about, like it's on not, Netflix. It's a different. It's an iteration. It's a. It's an entirely different story, but it includes the house itself. The house is what's haunted, not not the people that are there. So the the Haunting of Hill House, the series, is about this family that goes to this house to try to flip it. The dad is a is a contractor and buys this old Was it the original house? I mean, was it still the Hill House house? They refer to it as Hill House. They never actually make reference to the movie, but it's called Hill House and a lot of the setup and a lot of the the design aspects are are kept consistent, but it it takes liberties with it you know what i mean did it have like, the spiral staircase and stuff it in it it did oh nice and there was a lot of like the some of the characters are named after the ones in the there's a theodora there's a there's a couple other references to it but it's an entirely different and it's just as good steve i'm telling you it's it's not just a ghost story the new one the 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 series that mike flanagan did mm-hmm. it's not just a ghost story it's about this family dealing with pain and loss and personal demons and all of this 
attributed back to their experiences at this house and what they have to go do. And it's Mike Flanagan makes really, really emotional horror movies rather than just gore fests or a lot of this stuff has characters dealing with things that that are human and and extremely emotional whether it's addiction or it's it's grief or it's guilt or it's any of those he does a really good job of making you care about the characters so the emotions that you feel for them is enhanced by the ghost story element of it because in in the in the 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 truest sense it's about this family it's not about the ghosts but the ghosts are a massive part of their story does that make sense yep but he does he's the guy that did that new the doctor sleep the continuation of the shining and he's done a bunch of other other i was gonna ask about that i just saw the trailer of that like maybe during the browns game probably so it's a continuation of the shining with ewan mcgregor and yeah so Stephen King wrote a book called Dr. Sleep, which is an exact sequel to his book, The Shining. Now, what Mike Flanagan, the guy that did Haunting of Hill House and is doing Dr. Sleep, is trying to do is trying to marry the Kubrick version, which isn't really the book at all. I mean, it is in some but argue there's arguments to be made that he he changed a lot of the fundamental things that Stephen King has famously disavowed that movie, said it wasn't really his his version like it's not his version of the story that's kubrick's version of it so what flanagan's trying to do is marry the two together because the Uh. second the book doesn't take place at the overlook at all like it it doesn't it 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 follows danny danny torrance's character but it doesn't it doesn't make references as much that the, it doesn't seem like the movie was it a new but is that a new book or did it come out right after a few years ago yeah, okay, so it, it's it, not okay. It so it's not a book that's been on the shelf for a while. It's nah, fairly like new. Five, six years, maybe. I right, got it. I don't know. It's Stephen King. He could have wrote it fifteen years ago. The guy writes a book a year, or so. <laughs> but no, I mean it's it's really good. And the Rebecca Ferguson character is the queen of this, or the leader of this gang that goes and basically they live off The Shining. Like they are able to suck the shining out of people. They call it like the gas, or, or no, it's called the steam, and that mm. it, ke- it makes them immortal, and it makes them like. There's a whole series of her group is like one super strong, one super smart. It's yeah, it's going to be good, and and they the having Mike Flanagan do it is not going to make it just the spectacle of being a sequel to The Shining. He's going to make you care about the characters again, which. He dude, he does. Like, there's. I have four of his on my list that I think you would like. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, so I think that's a good segue because Maya's going to have some friends over on Halloween and wants to watch a scary movie. We and she hasn't watched a ton of scary movies, so one movie for her to watch on Halloween, knowing that she's what fifteen. Fifteen. Um, you know. So what? what you know, I, I was leaning. I was leaning towards The Shining. Uh, I was leaning a little bit towards Evil Dead, <laughs> just because I like that movie. It's got to be uh, the Poltergeist. Got to be the me. second one, right? Evil mm-hmm. Dead Two. You can't yeah, show yeah, yeah. the first Evil one. Evil Dead Two. Yeah. Okay. But I was le- I was leaning towards. I, I just think Poltergeist is a good starting point. Like that's a good. Does she like old movies though? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That's the hard part on something. That's now the was hard like, part. Then I went to Scream. Because I was like, yeah. if you want something that's a little more contemporary, 
Because she's not she didn't say she's like I don't really want a ton of gore and and jump scares maybe maybe not so I was really started with the original Halloween but to your point that's nineteen what seventy seven yeah yeah it's super so, dated and like I don't know she's what fourteen fifteen fifteen yeah I don't know how millennial they are like immediately if they see something that looks dated are they like ill and just turn it off like I mean, things she, that are in HD did ask for a antique typewriter for her birthday so sure not going to be super offended by something that's from the 70s okay. but i to your point you're gonna be like oh well that's but you like we almost should have had her on because you need to like ask quantifiers like does she want a vampire movie does she want you know what i mean like i yeah, have yeah. all sorts of ones i, I kind of went to scream because i thought scream was a good sure more contemporary i don't know or the but ring are, are they looking? Yeah, are they looking? The screams not ghosts. Screams slasher. You know what I mean? Like, does she yeah, want yeah, a, yeah, right, su- yeah. a supernatural one? Does she want something that has otherworldly elements in it, or yeah. is it like screams good? Don't get me wrong. I love that entire franchise, and like, I there's a guy on Twitter I always agree with when he says I think the fourth one is one of the best of the trailer of the series, mm. but. I, it's hard to to gauge without. I, I have one called. It's it's in Norwegian. Will they read subtitles? <laughs> no, they won't. No, that's a reach. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a reach. There's one. I mean, called she watches anime, so most of that's subtitles. Yes, all of it is in subtitle, or it's really bad dubbed. It's, yeah. yeah, she goes back more. So yeah, potentially. Okay. So well, where I mean, it, what, okay. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. I know you've got an extensive list, but let me yes, let me. What like you're watching one movie this Halloween? What are you watching? And what was the movie that you watched that gave you like freaking nightmares of, of, of all time? That yeah, that scared or, me the most. Probably Poltergeist or Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, the first Nightmare on Elm Street I saw too young, and it it just the the concept of sleep isn't safe. Like, I always, felt that, I always <laughs> right. felt that once you're in your bed and you're under your covers, like that's what you, that's how you hid from monsters when you were a kid. You pulled your covers right. over your head because your bed was always the safest place that you knew. Not so, in that movie. No, not, that was the – No, yeah. and then watching it at, what, 10 or 11, 12 years old and having that stuck in your head when other kids are worrying about other stuff. I'm worrying about some burnt monster with – knives on his fingers killing me in my sleep and everyone's like what's your problem i'm like i saw this movie and they're like, you know it's not real i'm like yeah i know it's not real it doesn't mean that my my subconscious isn't going crazy and then poltergeist just terrified me the that that clown doll the mm-hmm. the the swimming pool scene the the concept the television was my babysitter and was my escape so when caroline's talking to the the mm-hmm. television as the portal to the other dimension i was like oh great my my only source of solace between <laughs> my bed isn't safe because Freddy Krueger is going to fucking kill me in it, and, and now the TV is not safe because you're going to go to another dimension. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I still argue to this day that Poltergeist Three, the one that takes place in the high rise, has some of the best mirror stunts in any horror movie. Hmm. Like if you remember that when Kane was like it, they were walking down the hallway and like their the reflection on one side didn't have him and the other, reflection on the other side did. And then he like walked out of the. Oh, so good. There's. So I don't many... remember seeing that movie. To tell you the truth, the one with Tom Skerritt. Yeah. And the the girl from RoboCop, that Nancy Allen. Mm, maybe. Yeah, I think that's the one where Caroline almost drowned, because they do this stunt where she gets pulled into like a puddle, and then. The... Oh, isn't that the one where the like, 
bunch of people died. Like the helicopter crashed. No, that that, that was Twilight Zone. That oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the child actor getting their heads cut off by the blade of the yeah the, yeah the helicopter, yeah. and they yeah. kept they kept the shot in the fucking movie. What the shot just... where he, the shot where he gets killed is the shot that they use in the movie. Oh really? Yeah, they don't show it obviously, but like right. the it's that take where he gets killed. Oh wow, that's kind of like think, in the crow with Brandon I, I Lee. Yeah, they like, kept some of the Brandon Lee stuff in when he got killed. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. That's just what I always remember, and there was a huge uproar about it. But you could look it up on the internet. And I could be a hundred percent wrong, but I'm going to say it with enough gravitas that it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. So sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so I guess so. Going back to Maya, I'm I'm leaning Poltergeist. I think you um, and I are kind of. Universal that there's enough other than it being old, other being old, that's the and problem. Dated, like you know, they're driving the station wagon with the faux wood paneling and all that. Like they, other than they, being old, that's a that's a pretty good one. If you wanted something, if you wanted something new, if you wanted something post, Steve, remember in there is a scene of them smoking pot and fucking poltergeist. Yeah. Okay. I just all right. I'm just making sure that you remember that scene. That the the parents are smoking a joint. They're rolling a joint and smoking in bed with the kids in the other room. Just, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Just making sure. What, what, about a, <laughs> what about a horror movie that was like less than 10 years old that Oof. would be good for a 15-year-old and her friends? See, that's what I mean. So I have a few that I think she would like. There's ones that are like kind of feminist ones that were done by women and they're kind of allegories for things that girls that age are going through. There's one called Ginger Snaps that might be hard to find, but it's a werewolf Ginger Snaps. Ginger Snaps. There's a series of them. The first one's the best one. But it was wrote, written and directed by a woman, and I know that she probably would dig something like that. Mm. Um, a Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is a black and white Iranian vampire movie. Oh, That's you told me about that one. You really, mentioned it on like one of really the last good. episodes. Really, really good. Okay. Um, if they want a found footage one. That's those are always tough. The, there's one called "As Above, So Below." That take mm. they they shot it in the catacombs below Paris. They were one of like the only horror movies that got access to shoot down there, so it was actually shot in these creepy catacombs that are you know, you know, five centuries old or whatever it is. Um, see, there's a couple ones that I don't think are for them though. I think there's one. Mm. There's a few on my list that'd be good for you and Janine if you're looking for something tense and atmospheric to watch that mm. I think you might like. Or if you just want a big, weird, foreign horror movie for you to watch, Steve, watch. It's called Train to Basan. That is one of the best horror, one of the best zombie movies made within the past 15 years, 10 to 15 years, I would say. That's wow. on Netflix. That's on Netflix. Is that it? Is one of, yeah, that's one of those ones that I, if anybody was like, I, I, as soon as they, they were like, I'm looking for a horror movie to watch. And I was like, do you mind subtitles? They're like, no. I was like, watch Train to Busan. It's the biggest Korean movie ever made. But it is so tense. The entire friggin' movie. Like, oh, really? That after you're done, you'll feel your fingers are sore because they were digging into the armrest. It's that, it's that tense. Oh, wow. But so there's, there's another one, Steve, that I, I there's two that I want to bring up specifically for you. Because I refer to them as punk rock horror. 
Like it's basically like heavy metal horror. So there's one called Green Room that I don't necessarily know if it's considered horror, but it it is a gory thriller about a band that takes a gig because they're struggling and it turns out to be a Nazi compound and they witness something go wrong. And the whole thing is this them trying to make it out. And it's with uh, Patrick Stewart plays the leader of the Nazis. Um, Anton. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen that before. I, mean, I haven't dude, watched it, but I've seen. So good, and all about like so. The whole the impetus of the thing is they get to the they get to the compound and they they set up for their show. And the one kid was like, "These guys are all friggin' skinheads," and so the first the first song that they play, what do you think? If if uh, you're if you're talking about punk rock and you wanted to piss off a bunch of Nazis, what would you play? Nazi punks, fuck off. Oh. And nice. so it, it drives them all into like a frenzy that they already turned on this band and that, so then it just goes from there. Like I, you would you would highly enjoy that one. But then the other one I wanted to bring up is one called Mandy. Now Mandy's a tough is a tough sell. It it's Nicolas Cage going after a cult that kidnapped his girlfriend. But it has animation sequences that are like heavy metal. Oh, nice. And but it, so it was written and directed by a guy named Panos. I'm going to butcher the last name. Cos, Cosmatos. He did another one called Beyond the Black Rainbow. That is an interesting, an interesting movie. But he's the son of John Cosmatos. The guy that directed Tombstone, Rambo Two, First Blood, or First Blood Part Two, Rambo, or whatever that was, Cobra. And so the only reason he was able to make his first movie, Beyond the Black Rainbow, and the most recent one, Mandy, with with Nicolas Cage, is from the royalties that his father left him from Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's but like it is. Mandy's a tough sell. It, it's really trippy. It's really weird. It's there's a there's a little bit of male frontal nudity, but it, once it gets going, <laughs> Steve, like you'll rec- I mean, it's not. I'm not telling you to watch some. It's a Nicolas Cage movie, so you know it's going to be kind of weird. But it is. Are you going to get the full Cage? Yes. <laughs> oh, you get you get full Cage. You get you get him fashioning weapons out of axes and chainsaws and going on a murder spree to avenge his girlfriend in like oh, this nice. trippy heavy metal world that I think I think you you personally would highly enjoy. But I think there's another one I think for you and Janine would be a good watch. There's one called The Invitation on on Netflix. That is a that's not nothing supernatural, nothing really hmm. no slasher. That is all atmosphere and and tension and it's it's just a good movie and like that's one of those ones like you're not going to be grossed out by any kind of scenes of torture or mm. there's no jump scares it's all just atmosphere and dialogue and tension and and then there's one that uh, the last one i want to recommend for you is hereditary with tony collette that's also a tough watch <laughs> i'm gonna say hereditary and the green room sound familiar are those both on netflix yes yeah, I think that no, they might be on Amazon Prime, but whatever. They're on yeah, one of the yeah. yeah, one of the ones that you have. But I there's a lot of other ones that 
I think you personally would enjoy. So, like, I'm going to give you this list, and you can post it outside of this. But there's a ton. Like, there's one called Your Next that you would like. There's I started grouping them by filmmakers and people that appear in different ones. So, like, they all have kind of overlaps. And But there's a I got a, quite a few on here. So, what? So, couple. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I know you got a ton. We can go through them all, but that would take forever. Yes. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to interview then. Um, so I'm sitting down. Right, the, uh, the kids are out. The kids are somewhere else watching a movie. I'm going to throw on a movie for for Halloween. Now, last year, and I've done this the last couple of years when I stay back and hand out candy, and the kids are either off with their friends or they're off with Janine trick or treating. So I'll stay back and hand out candy. Now, my go to would be Young Frankenstein. Okay. Black and white. Mel Brooks, classic, makes me feel like Halloween. Others, of course, we, we talked about Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness I would put on there. Um, tell me your thoughts on whether you would – I mean, to me, this is just like you play this at Halloween. I wouldn't say it's a, I don't know, a horror movie, uh, but, but The Crow. Sure. I've always been because it's you know it's the Devil's That's Night and the whole the whole nine yards kind of tied in there more more of like more a comic like super I don't want to say superhero action. but it's an action, action it's an action movie but yeah um, that's always good to watch on Halloween uh, and then going back I think I'm, I don't know if I brought this up when we did Guilty Pleasures way back in uh, oh that was season six episode sixteen when we did Guilty Pleasures but uh. shocker. <laughs> is that where my name is H Pinker? <laughs> Pinker? Yeah. There's something about <laughs> Shocker that I just I don't know, I like. That's one of the number one reasons that I couldn't 100% buy into the X-Files is because Mitch Pelegi played Shocker and then he was supposed to be the leader of the FBI and I was like, "Wait, that's Horace Pinker, man." Like I saw <laughs> I saw Shocker right. way way before I saw X-Files. So as soon as I saw Skinner walk in, I was like, wait, that's Horace Pinker. Like, why am I supposed to take him seriously? He's a bad guy. Right. But that's a guilty. Yeah. Because that's not. Because it's, it's not. not it, it's not scary it, enough to be a horror movie and it's not funny enough to be a comedy. So it kind of falls in that. It's it's in that campy. It's almost yeah. a little bit like Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Evil Dead's not like super scary, but it's scary. It's got moments. It's got a little bit of gore. It's got. But it's got a lot of comedic elements to it. So, anyways. Let's see if you want a, a few other recommendations, if you want a horror comedies. So, I have a few that I'm going to list off. If you haven't, you saw Shaun of the Dead, right? Of course. Okay. Oh, yeah. Love right, that. So that was off. All right. So, Turbo Kid, which I think you would really, really like. Uh, Dead Alive, also known as Brain Dead. It's Peter Jackson's first movie that he, well, one of his first movies. It's a complete. <laughs> splatter fest craziness like if you would if you would tell me that the guy that made that would go on to win an academy award for lord of the rings i would tell you that you're crazy <laughs> but you'd like that there's one called slither that's uh james gunn the guy that did guardians of yeah the yeah Galaxy. i've heard i've heard of slither before i i think that's i've seen it actually probably with nathan fillion and elizabeth banks and michael yeah, rooker oh god i love the rook yeah Okay, so you probably have seen that one. There's if you want a Norwegian one called called Dead Snow. It's about these kids that go snowboarding in like this back parts of Austria somewhere, and it turns out that there's Nazi zombies that get reanimated underneath them, and it becomes this completely ridiculous splatter fest. Um, Housebound, 
This is another one. It's about a girl that gets she gets on house arrest for mm. for uh, for something, and she finds out that her her house is haunted. But it's like a I think it's Australian. It's like a horror comedy. Mm. You, you'd enjoy that one. And what was the? Th- there was another one that my friend and I watched, and it was the setup was they played a record backwards. And it became like it unleashed a demon, and it became like all about them, these heavy metal kids fighting demons. <laughs> of course, oh, murdergasm or something, gorgasm maybe? No, I don't remember what it is. No, it's not gorgasm. Not well, where, where, so where are you on? Maybe and and maybe this is where we like we've got different views. Like there's there's some like I, I guess just because it's a scary movie doesn't mean it's a horror movie, right? Sure. Um, well, this is the problem that we ran into when we did the horror episode. Is when I got an argument about whether Get Out was a horror movie, and I, it's all, it's all horror. Right. It's all if it if it actually scares you, anything could be considered horror. Do they like, list the categories on uh, IMDb? Yeah, yeah, it's across the top, but they they don't. It's not like they just fall in one. You know right. what I mean? Like it's, it says drama and then comma or gamma drama dash horror dash comedy horror. mystery or, yeah because mothman the mothman prophecies prophecies that's yeah that was it pretty has, decent but that was yeah i mean that was horror because it was supposed to be scary and it it had its moments where it was scary but it was about an alien wasn't it no no was that it, was the one where mothman supposed psych, to be an alien? psychic visions no every time that the they would see the like the mothman it was almost like slenderman <sighs> He's a slender man. He's a slender <laughs> Not man. Herb Slenderman. Um, no, no. It was like every time they would see the Mothman, then be, like people would die and things would happen. And it was yeah. based on tr- it was based on true true events that happened in West Virginia. Of course, it was. Everything was based on true events, and it, and it happened in West Virginia. Sure, it did. Um, sure, sure, it did. <laughs> I don't believe any of that stuff, Steve. Which is weird. Like I, I don't. Well, whatever. I don't want to get into that right now, but um, yeah. And white white noise white noise would have been the other one. So, um, and I guess maybe these were like, well. I guess Mothman wasn't a huge Hollywood movie, right? I mean, I mean, it had Richard Gere in it, but yeah. Um, I, I remember seeing that in the theater. <coughs> I thought just because it was supposed to be relatively local, it was a thirty-two million dollars for its budget. That's not. I mean, that's relatively big for whatever year it was, 2002. Right. But I don't know. I don't know if I'd put... Like, if I'm going to sit down and watch a more... Like, I haven't watched Moth- Mothman Prophecies in 20 years. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, not, it's not horrible. And White Noise? The, isn't that one of the Baldwins? Is it? No, Michael Keaton, sorry. Yeah. Because he was in the first one, and I think Nathan Fillion was in the second one. But that is a lot of... I mean, because I'm a sucker for that... What was the Ghost Adventures with that Zach Baggins dude? Like I yeah, yeah, like the the what is the it? EVP, the, yeah, electro electro voice phenomenon. Like yeah, I always just, I'm a, still a sucker for that. Like I'll still watch that kind of stuff, but do I believe it? Yeah, not really. But it 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 does what it's supposed to. It puts you in the mindset of feeling unease. So. I don't know if I, but yeah, like white noise is only PG thirteen. I don't remember it being all that scary either. Like the mm. concept of EVPs are scary for me, but I don't remember that being, being very scary. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the whole the ring, 
Yeah, the ring. Like, I, there was that whole arc of where like it was the kids were the demons. Yeah. It started with Chucky, and it kind of went through to the Chucky. You know, Chucky being a doll, but it taking things that were potentially innocent, and making them terrifying. Yeah. Um, sure. Well, that was also so, the 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 ring was the first of the big the the Japanese horror. Like we got the the ring, we got the Grudge, we got oh right. There was a whole there's a whole series of them. There was one called Shutter that was pretty bad. I think that. And like, did, did, they, did they kind of also like? Isn't that what they were poking fun at in Cabin in the Woods? Like when they were, when they Parts had the different, it. where they were like, hey, the like every culture would had <laughs> yeah. like do their offering, and it was all like stereotypical for what their culture was. Yeah, because I think Bradley Whitford looks over at the monitor and he just goes, "Yeah, Tokyo doesn't look to be doing well," and you just see the girl from the ring like flying back and forth and like <laughs> blood squirting from you inside. Like that's right. that's that's why I love that movie. It's like if you really go back and like look at all of the stuff. It's references to everything in there. Like the only reason some of them like don't look exactly like what they should be is just because they couldn't get the rights to it. Like the the lament configuration, like the evil Rubik's cube from Hellraiser, is is clearly in there, but they couldn't get the rights to use Pinhead, so they used things that look like they the use centipedes. a guy who's got saw head. Yeah. Exactly, he's got he's got buzz saws through his head. So like if they could have got the rights, it could have been even better. But I don't know. They're still having problems with the rights for. Friday the 13th. They don't know who owns what. So there's this whole big battle over the rights to remake it again. And there's like two separate warring factions. The one guy was the original credited screenwriter, I think. I, I don't I don't know. But, For Friday the 13th? Yeah. There's a huge, huge thing going on. Are they on still right making now. those? No. that It's in a rights. It's in a rights lawsuit right but now. When was, I mean, I stopped watching that like... There was a remake a few years ago. I want to say maybe eight, nine years ago, I think. I don't know. I could have looked that up. But I, that's one of the ones, Steve, like I don't, especially during the horror season, like I try not to rewatch other stuff because there's so much good stuff out there that especially when it comes to horror, I don't want to rewatch the same things over and over again. I want to try to give something, something else a chance. The last remake of Friday the 13th was in 2009. So it was 10 years ago. I think. This looks to be the last one. But so like all right, so I'm just going to read oh, some it was just called Friday the thir- 13th. Yeah, yeah, Jason Jason X. <laughs> Freddy versus Jason. Jason X was one of those under like that's one of the ones Jason that's takes Manhattan. So bad it's good. Jason X, when they, Jason goes to space, is so bad it's good. He freezes one girl's face in liquid, liquid nitrogen and then smashes it on a counter. <laughs> oh, it's so good and so stupid. Like, as long as you don't try to take them too seriously and just kind of go along for the ride. Like, right. all right, I'm in. I'm, I'm in sometimes. Don't take yourself too seriously, if, especially if you're remaking Friday the 13th. Jason X. <laughs> Right, but so what, a, you, had, you had a couple more you wanted to go through. There's one called The Nightmare that you might. It's not a necessarily a horror movie. It's a documentary about sleep paralysis. Mm. But it, it's done sort of narratively. I, I know that sounds weird, and it's it's really hard to describe. But it's on it's on Netflix. That if you're looking for something that kind of 
off-putting, but it's all about sleep paralysis and people seeing the shadow men, like the same people who suffer from these night terrors and the sleep paralysis claim to be seeing these same people having never met them, never met each other or any of this thing. So it, it delves into the, the idea of shared fear and night, you know, sleep, sleep paralysis terrifies me like night terrors, like Aaron gets them. So it doesn't scare me as much anymore, but the <laughs> right. idea of waking up and not being able to move terrifies me. So that's oh, yeah. why the documentary is really, really good. Um, I talked about hereditary, Session nine. Uh, I have a lot of sci-fi on here that I don't think necessarily counts. I guess that's weird. Do you, have you ever seen Event Horizon with Sam no. Neill and Lawrence no. Fishburne about they they find the ship that went through a black hole in space and it basically went to hell and back and so it brought like all these like it basically comes back haunted. It's yeah, it's it's as weird as it sounds, but outside of some wonky special effects and it's a really good kind of scary space movie <laughs> that's a subgenre you wanted to get nice. into but there's one let the right one in is one of my favorite vampire movies ever made it's about a kid that befriends a, it's norwegian the original one they remade it called let me in with i forget who it was cody mcphee and a couple other american actors but the original one is a norwegian one from like the early 2000s um and it's about a kid that befriends a girl in his neighborhood. He's out one night after his parents fight. He, like, sneaks out and goes to the playground. He meets this girl, and it turns out this girl is a vampire. And she's been 12 for 400 years or something like that. And he's been hmm. bullied at school, so they become friends. And she ends up, like, sticking up for him. But it's done, it's done interestingly because it's all Norwegian, so everything's real clean. So when you see the blood splattered on the white snow, it looks really... It's really well done. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I have a lot on here. If you want low budget ones? No. If you want foreign ones? No. There's one of the one called the, another one. I thought you might personally enjoy just your your history with music and sound. And there's one called Barbarian Sound System. It's with Toby hmm. Jones, Toby Jones, the guy that played uh, Doctor Zola in the Captain America movies. Mm-hmm. He plays the sound engineer that gets brought in to work on this Italian horror movie, like do Foley effects and score and stuff like that. And the more he starts watching it, the more he starts questioning whether the movie he's scoring is real and not a, a made-up movie. So he starts like it's kind of a descent into madness for him. And Toby mm. Jones is great in it. So. That's what I mean. Like, what about? Want, sorry, I'm. What about uh, Three from Hell? I've seen a couple people talk about. Have you seen it? The no, Blade for Rob Zombie. No, it's no, I, and I won't. I don't really like Rob Zombie's sensibilities when it comes to horror filmmaking. It's just not my. It's just not my aesthetic. I don't like that. It's hard to describe. I don't like that that he, his version of the heavy metal horror movie. It just seems like it's a little bit too much of these that that ramped up editing, where it kind of takes. I like my horrors kind of subdued and quiet. I don't like it over the top and mm. punchy. If that, right. You know what I mean? Like I, I that, but that's just the way his movies always come off. Like his Halloween movies. Like I enjoyed House of a Thousand Corpses, but everything after that just felt a little too loud and aggressive for what I prefer in my horror. A lot of my horror is more subdued. Like it's more 
more atmospheric and more tension based rather than right. outright slaughter and heavy metal music. So no. I probably won't. I mean if I if it comes on and I catch it, like I liked the, the cast of the first one. But like the Devil's Rejects wasn't very good. Like that's the second one. Mm-hmm. And the third the third one is Three from Hell. So like I might I mean I watched the other ones and I, I tried to watch his horror or his Halloween ones, but I just felt like he really missed with that character. It just didn't seem it felt like Rob Zombie's version of stuff. And I don't necessarily <laughs> right. like Rob Zombie's version of stuff. And I respect him as a filmmaker and all the interviews you ever hear with him, like he seems like a, a legit dude. It's just not my aesthetic. There's a sci fi one that with Natalie Portman called Annihilation. Oh, I've never heard of that one. You just gotta watch that for the screaming bear. For the what? <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you anything else besides the two words: screaming and bear, B E A R. It's just that we, you will never get that image out of your head. But that's not really horror. Like that's it's science fiction. Like there's another one. Like I really, really like, and I really try to get as many people to watch as I can. It's called The Endless. That's not horror. It's that's more science fiction. But there's some scary things in that. It's about mm-hmm. it's about two guys that go back to a cult that they were part of like 20 years prior, just to kind of make amends, and then all this weird stuff starts happening. And they did it like it's these two guys, Morehead and Benson, that are like they they make weird, atmospheric, low budget horror movies that I dig. They made one called Spring about a kid that goes to Italy to find himself and ends up falling with a girl that may or may not be a Lovecraft or a Lovecraftian demon. <laughs> right like that's the best way i can i can describe it but like yeah. they they took a drone and flew it over i think they were in venice and like almost got arrested by the national police because that's illegal to do because it's a historic city but they were just like we didn't have no, we didn't have money we didn't have money for permits so we just had to do what we had to do and take our chances and what they were able to accomplish on that budget was unreal and the same thing goes for the endless the endless is a mind f of a movie that the budget that they had and what they were able to accomplish is a is a feat in and of itself. So, yeah, watch those if you like. See, you never watch Legion and you never watch Downton Abbey, so you don't know who Dan Stevens is. No, no, he's in a really good one called The Guest, where he plays. He shows up at this the this family's son was killed in action. He was a soldier that got killed in action, and this Dan Stevens shows up and claims to be a friend of his from his from his unit and was like if anything ever happened i was supposed to come back here tell you that he loved you and blah 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 and then he sticks around and like all this weird stuff starts happening and yeah it's really good but that's what i mean like some of these aren't like i could i could have told you to watch baskin which is this weird turkish descent in a hell movie but i didn't make you watch that <laughs> there's one called the dark no Song. the ones you picked i think the ones you picked for assignment october were all Right in my wheelhouse. Sure. Some of the other ones you just labeled, I was like, oh, okay. I'm not gonna, <laughs> if I see that on Netflix, I'm going to scroll by it. Now, Green Room and some of these I've seen before. I'm like, hmm, that sounds interesting. But Green Room, it, you'd, you'd really Horror is not my go-to. Horror, no. Like after the end of a long week, horror is not my go-to to watch, right? Like when I'm trying to relax. Yeah. Um, yeah I do like them. Like, horror I like is not em. relaxing. You have to be in a certain mindset. Like, I don't right. watch horror. I watch horror all year round, but I tend to, like, intensify my horror watching, especially in October. But of course. it feels weird watching horror movies when it's, like, Christmas. <laughs> right. <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're watching, like, Silent Night, Deadly Night. 
What was the other one about the um, the Krampus or whatever? Like Krampus. Like Gremlins. Gremlins is technically a horror Christmas movie. That's why when anybody, mm. when you brought up that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, it's not technically. Time of year and when it takes place does not make one a, a right. Christmas it does movie. Not, it's not about Christmas. It takes place during it takes, Christmas. Christmas during is Christmas. the backdrop. Because yeah. that's why anyone says they, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Then I say, okay, so, so is Gremlins. And they're like, what? And I was like, Gremlins takes place at Christmas. Like the whole point of the model yeah, he, was, he, his, was his gift, was his Christmas was a gift. Yeah, yeah. His dad got him over, like, when he was overseas. But no, you wouldn't show Gremlins to a child. And I was like, what the fuck are you showing Die Hard to a child for? Like, Good point. Yeah. So that's my argument. But the rest of them are just weird ones that I would like to recommend, but it's hard to. Well, why don't you send me the list and I'll post it if anybody wants 57 <laughs> horror movies to watch in their spare yeah. time. Well, it's just like if the, if I just take a picture and send the list, the very top right-hand corner, it says A Quiet Place Farting Theory. So, Benny and I, did you see A Quiet Place, Steve? No. Okay. Oh, a, but I know what it is. It's the, Wasn't that the, um, it's the, the guy jo- from the yeah, office? Yeah, the guy from the office. That it's about the, the monsters that are acutely, they have super sensitive hearing, so you can't make any noise. So, mm-hmm. Benny, Benny and I, before we were watching The Joker, we were... He was bullshitting about something. It brought up. I was like, dude, did you watch A Quiet Place? And he goes, yeah, how'd they fart? I was like, that's an excellent point. That was one of the things that, because you can't make any sound. Like, they have to spread sand on the ground so you can walk and stuff like that. But, like, everybody right. everybody farts. You have to. Like, that's just a fact of nature. There's no physical right. way that you can't fart. And farts always make noise unless you do some kind of modifications to your butthole. <laughs> so we had this whole theory about the first woman who survived in the, the the quiet place world was a porn star who specialized in anal. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean, Steve. You so really do. need to do better things with your time. Yeah, dude, it's, that's why <laughs> Betty and I were just laughing. Like he's the, the Him and I are the ones that came up that Ellis invested in Betamax and got addicted to cocaine is why he sold out the mm-hmm. Akatomi Towers. So. Yeah. Good stuff comes from weird stuff, man. <laughs> but I'll send you the list. But I was just prefacing it so when you see my handwritten scribble and stuff crossed out. And it says a quiet place farting. Farting theory. Yeah. And then it says Tucker and Dale and it has all the other ones. And then my 57 list. Nice. So no, that's all I got. Well, cool. So what? Uh, as we wrap up, so what are you, are you taking Brody out? You're going to dress yeah. up as uh, Calvin? Calvin? Yeah, Calvin with my giant my oversized hobs. Like, I love the fact and that... And what's Aaron he going made, as? Uh, Miles, uh, Spider-Man. He, he's being cultural appropriation. He's going as Miles Morales. Nice. <laughs> he went, it was just a costume. He was like, oh, I really want that one. And I just looked at Aaron. I was like, that's kind of cultural appropriation. She was like, it's fucking Spider-Man. I was like, yeah, fair enough. It is Spider-Man. So, yeah, but now he's all excited. He was wearing it earlier. We were talking about Halloween. He's like, I'm going to go put my costume on. We're like, yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> go knock yourself out. He wanted to wear his, we have a Captain America one from last year, and he wanted to wear it for picture day. I was like, ah. oh, nice. I looked at Aaron. She goes, no. I was like, come on. It'd be cool. She goes, no. I'm not sending him to school in a Captain America outfit. I was like, he's loser. Yeah, just a shield. Just send no. the shield. No, he, he always wears his Captain America t-shirt for picture day. It's been like nice. two years two years running. No, our, our my neighborhood goes all out. The only thing that sucks is it's on Thursday and it's supposed to rain here. But mm. like my neighborhood is one way in, one way out, and there's it's a huge it's a huge subdivision. Like so, people like 
the one guy has a golf cart that he decorates with like lights and they attach like a little uh the one dog can't really get around all that well so they attach like a trailer to the back of the golf cart and they put the dog on it so he can bring like the kids around and the dog comes with them and cooler beer and stuff like most of the parents just sit out front with like a like a little stand like last year uh my father-in-law and i just sat outside and drank bourbon and handed out candy and stuff i nice. think brody brody made it like five houses and was just like no i'm done we're like yeah okay. yeah i got i got some candy i'm gonna go back yep. yeah yeah that's it so we'll, we'll sit outside and watch a horror movie and stuff. yeah hopefully it's uh yeah hopefully it's weather's nice enough we'll sit outside and watch Young Frankenstein or Evil Dead or something. Or The Crow. Or The Crow. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> All right. So any, anything else as we wrap up uh, Assignment October? Nope. No, I had more that I could give you, but I'll just p- send you the picture so you can post it on the Twitter. Yeah, yeah I'll put you- it up. Or you can post it on Twitter and just like tag the Matchwits account. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Or, or you could just do it because you don't tweet ever. Hey, I, I made a meme... Just give me access, dude. I made a meme. Just give me access. A meme about talking on the phone. It's awesome. Give me another quiz. I want access. All right. We'll come up with another quiz. I don't know what we're going to do next week. Yeah. Uh, and then in two weeks, we're going to see the Browns. So that'll yes. be fun. Yes, we are. So, yeah. all right. Well, that'll do it. That'll put a bow on uh, uh, Assignment October, the Halloween edition of, of Match Wits. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, go to our website, uh, matchwits.com. Our Twitter is at matchwits. Uh, follow us, uh, rate us on the, uh, the various podcasting platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Himalaya, Spotify, and whatnot. Uh, and with that, Chris, take us out. I bid you adieu. <laughs> Bye. See ya.